0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: After this past weekend, I think it confirms something I've been feeling for a few weeks now. Auburn's timing this season, extremely unlucky. Well, Zach, I I actually just finished crushing some chicken parm
2: and I am freaking ready to rock and roll.
0: You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. And thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. This episode of Locked On Auburn is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's action. All you have to do is check out Sling. The TV you love for a price you'll love. Try it today. Happy Monday means we are joined by baseball's Lindsey Crosby. He writes for AuburnDaily.com as well as the host of Locked On MLB Prospects. Lindsey, we all got the opportunity to sit back on a Saturday and watch just college football. We didn't have to worry about covering the Auburn Tigers game or you know what that would potentially look like a, You know, as far as Um, our duties with other, other websites and such. But, man, just looking around college football and seeing some of the outcomes, and specifically LSU beating Ole Miss, it seems like this was like the worst year for Auburn to have a down year because everybody in the SEC West is worse than they were a year ago. I don't think that's crazy to say. And the fact that you look at this Auburn team and it's like, man... Uh, if they had like the talent of last year's roster with that kind of offensive production, they could be a nine and three, 10 and two team this year, just because I think the West is down that much.
2: Yeah. And the big thing to me is quarterback. Like if you plug in uh, Bo Nix into this roster, I feel like the quarterback play being much better, probably nets you a couple extra wins, right? You probably no idea what's going to happen with Penn state. That was a, that was kind of a blowout. But LSU, you probably don't lose to them. Old Miss, if you could run the ball the way you ran uh, against Old Miss with Robbie Ashford, yeah. but you have Bo Nix in the game, you probably don't lose there either. And so you're looking at, you know, maybe a Penn State loss, maybe a Georgia loss. But like right now, you've dropped one or two games. You only dropped one conference game, and none in the West. And this is a year where you thought Alabama was going to be the juggernaut. Alabama, they always are. The roster looks fantastic. And yet they lost to Tennessee. You look at uh, Ole Miss, previously you know undefeated. They run all over Auburn. LSU scores like thirty something unanswered and just takes them out. Yeah, like, Texas a And M has is beatable. Obviously, Arkansas. I thought Arkansas was going to be one of the big stories this year, and they might even contend and push that top tier in the West. And they look gettable to the point where we're thinking Auburn might actually win on Saturday. And so it's terrible timing to be to be bad. I mean, let's we'll just be honest. This is not a good football team. It's, it's yeah. bad timing to be bad.
1: No, I, I think so. I think so. And it's just, maybe that's just kind of part of it. Um, now, on the other side of the coin, I do think if you are going to make a move away from your current head coach to go get a new one, I think the timing does work in their favor there because if you're the only team in the sec looking for a new coach i do think that's helpful i do think that gives you maybe not first dibs right because there may be some coaches that have relationships with other administrations you know in nebraska or colorado or arizona state or things like that but big picture wise auburn should be in a really good spot to go out and get the coach that they want so I guess that's the good side of it, Lindsay, but still like, I don't know. It just stinks for these kids, right? And we've said this for weeks and weeks and weeks and we'll probably continue to say it because even if they don't beat Arkansas on Saturday, I bet it's going to be close. And I bet these kids continue to fight, fight and, and you know, stay in the game. So it's just, um, I don't know, man, this whole season just seems like a major bummer. But you mentioned it, like, there's a good feeling around Auburn and the fan base right now. I think a lot of people believe they can win on Saturday. So maybe maybe the tide will turn a little bit.
2: Yeah, and it's – I mean, that's the thing about this season is, like, that's the flip side to everybody in the SEC being bad and you yeah. also being bad is two weeks ago, three weeks ago, you'd have thought that, you know, all after Auburn got blown up by Penn State, oh, they're done. They're going to win maybe two games the rest of the year. Well, sure. I mean – it still may only be two games, but Auburn's going to be in it more times than you thought. They're going to be in it the Saturday, even though we didn't think they would be. You have to think there's a chance at home they'll be in it against Texas A&M, especially if you get one of the night games, uh, obviously Western Kentucky. And so, I think...
1: Well, I, I, th- I, Lindsay, I think they'll be in every game that they play for the rest of the year, including the Iron Bowl in Tuscaloosa.
2: The way that they played against Ole Miss tells me that you're, pro- you're probably right. And... And... That's probably, if you're going to be a bad team, that's going to be the best outcome, right? To play, sure. to to be in games, to never really get fully blown out. And then if you're going to lose, at least lose a close one
0: mm-hmm. and
2: still be in a position to fire your coach and get a new head coach. And like you said, uh, probably the only SEC program that's going to be hiring a head coach. No idea what Vanderbilt's going to do, but... Um, if you look at what's open right now, I mean, Arizona state, Colorado, uh, Charlotte just opened. So heads up on that. But other than yeah. that, you look to be one of the favorites to bring in a coach. Uh, you're in a good position for being a bad team because the conference is down and you're going to have your pick ahead coaches, but you're still going to be in it every week. And there's voodoo injured hair. You might steal one here, or steal one there.
1: Yeah. And, and- I, I think the the good timing aspect of all of this is whoever comes in is going to be a different looking SEC next year, right? I mean the 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 Heisman Trophy winner will be gone at Alabama. We'll see what Stetson Bennett does at Georgia. Jackson Dart's probably staying at Ole Miss. If uh, I'm not super familiar with his eligibility, but I don't think he's done quite yet. Um, but you, you may have different guys at in, in Texas A&M and at Arkansas and at Mississippi State. So you, you look at it and it's like, well, there's going to be a bunch of teams that have a bunch of questions going into next season. Um, why not whoever, assuming Auburn moves on from Brian Harson? whoever's the head coach at Auburn next year, I think they'll be able to manage with having just as many questions about their team as everyone else in the SEC. So uh, lots of questions, Lindsay, about this roster. Who got better over the bye week? We will each share one player, and I think both of these players are a little under the radar and focus in on one guy each that we want to see take a step coming out of the bye week. Maybe the coaching staff spent some extra time with them one-on-one. We'll explain what we mean in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. This week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup uh, from Nissan are intended to empower drivers and vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, it has to be the fact that Auburn didn't lose their bye week. Uh, I, I, think that's, uh, I think that's huge, Lindsay. Covering against the bye week, you got to love that courtesy of Nissan.
2: Not only did they cover the under hit, I had the under against bye week. You're good to go there. So terrible joke. Uh, could terrible not joke. have, could not have asked for a better weekend. Uh, and thank you to Nissan. Yeah, for sure.
1: Uh, hey, this segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Uh, available at nissanusa.com. All right, Lindsay, I'm going to let you go first. Which player are you zooming in on for the next minute or so saying, hey, this is a guy that could take a big step out of the bye
2: week for the Auburn Tigers? So my guy was Jeremiah Wright. Got the first okay. start of the year uh, last year against Old Miss, and I think there's last no week. coincidence. Yep. Last week. I think there's no coincidence there that, that he, we had one of our better running performances of the year. The game that he was starting, uh, it it's something where the reason I picked Jeremiah Wright is one, he's a load of a human being, six hey, five boy. three thirty five. He is mm-hmm. a he is a absolute monster. But when you watch him, he's a big physical mauler type of lineman. But he hasn't always been an offensive lineman. He start you know, he's flip flopped back and forth between offense and defense. Uh, I think I think it was. Was it A-Day? Was it 2021's A-Day? He looked like a monster at the nose. We thought he was going to be a guy. Then he had surgery, missed the entire year, Right. moved back to offense. I think having a week where, even though he didn't grade out on PFF as the best run blocker on the team, he looked the part. And Auburn looked comfortable running behind him. And so I think another week of having him on the line with the ones at practice, building that chemistry uh, and, and – making sure that he's fully on board with what he needs to do in every given play and you understand what you can do behind him in every given play has the potential to unlock a new level of sustained rushing success for this offense.
1: Yeah, two things of that. One is, makes you ask the question, what if he just stuck with one position for the whole time, not his fault. He was doing what his coaches asked of him. Um, the other angle of it is, And we talked about this last week. Ole misses rush defense, not good. It's just not. Um, And props to Auburn for taking advantage of it because Auburn has gone up against bad rush defenses earlier in the season. Missouri at the time, they were giving up yards like crazy. They couldn't stop a nosebleed, and then Auburn couldn't run against them. So props to Auburn for executing the mismatch in the matchup. Mm -hmm. Arkansas, worse. Significantly worse. Very bad defense across the board with the exception of their ability to rush the passer. And we'll talk about that as the week goes on. But as far as rush defense in their front seven, if you block bumper pool, you feel good about gaining four or five, six yards on the ground. And so I like that, Lindsay, not only is it something that's important, right? Jeremiah, right. Helping that interior offensive line, take a step forward in the running game. But I think it's not crazy to think that he could do it again. Like I don't, I don't think it was fluky one, right. And two, I, I think the steps towards, you know, Mississippi State's okay at stopping the run. Texas AM's and okay at stopping the run. I And then Old Mid, or Alabama's defense is kind of all over the place. I don't think it's crazy to think that he finishes out as one of the best, uh, you know, just, or not he, but just the unit as a whole. Looking better post-bye week just because I think the level of competition as far as the opposing front sevens mm-hmm. is not as good um, as it was to start the season. So I like that pick a lot.
2: And on the what if, what if Jeremiah Wright and Brandon Council had been starting at guard and center all year? It's hard not to ask yourself that question. And if he really did look like one of the more dominant run blockers on the team, why did he not, he got like five snaps in the season opening victory against Mercer in a third string capacity. Other than sure. that, why did he not see the field until all this?
1: Yeah, because there were so many questions, right? And then, And once again, like I like Tate Johnson at center, you know, props to him for stepping up. It was probably a year too early. I hate that he's injured because he really needs to be working out and adding weight right now. And hopefully Mm -hmm. he'll be good to go once the offseason starts to prep for next season because he'll be needed. But yeah, how do you not look at that, right? And look at that closely and just think, okay, you know, your strength going into the season, we all thought, right, was your interior offensive line. And it just hasn't been that. And a lot of that's on Keandre Jones. For whatever reason, he has not reached the level that we thought he would. Nope. To the point where they're having to start Jeremiah Wright. But it worked out for Jeremiah. And it's worked out for this football team in finding that. But yeah, just odd. It's very, very odd. Because um, it just seems like there's so many guards on this team. And it's like, we were all asking, how are they all going to play? Because Keandre Jones seemed like a surefire draft pick. And that just that hasn't happened.
2: There's so many guards you moved one to center and you're you're still going. Who's your your one guy coming out of the bye week?
1: Yeah, sure. Mind's Amari Kelly. Um I'm really impressed with him. Every week he has impressed me a little bit more. He's played in the 7 games this season as a true freshman. And like you, you got to absolutely absolutely love that. And so I think this passing game needs some sort of transition period and I think a bye week is a perfect time to do that lindsey and i think you could do that in different ways one you, you work with robbie ashford more on a one-on-one basis and say what makes you feel most comfortable is it when you're rolling out of the pocket install some of those things is it short passes work on the timing between those routes is it your touch passes over the middle or or you know your perimeter throws whatever it may be work with that and then also kind of go back to the drawing board and it's like look Shedrick jackson we love you, and we love what you've done for this program. And You didn't have to come back, and you did it anyway, and it was really, really cool. And thank you for being such a great leader for the 85 years that you've been on campus. But we've got to pave the way for these guys that are kind of come in behind you. Whether it's Amari Kelly or Camden Brown, Jay Fair, whoever it may be, you need to see more of these guys. I think mm-hmm. it's clear that they like Amari Kelly the most right now. I'm not saying he's going to have the best career of these freshman wide receivers at Auburn, but I think right now, so far, he's leading the way. I'd like to see more passes thrown his way, and I'd like to see, hope. I hope they've worked with him a lot over the bye week, Lindsey.
2: Well, Amari Kelly, Coy Moore is another per- person that I think needs. I mean, yep. he's he, he's got, what, 12 catches for 215 yards, and it's not it's enough. Something. It's It's not enough, and... I talked about this before the season started when we were asking who's going to be the number one wide receiver. And I said, mm-hmm. it depends on the quarterback because every quarterback's going to have a different player that they're comfortable throwing to. And obviously uh, Robbie Ashford's comfortable th- playing with the mark with the Mari Kelly. He's comfortable with Coy Moore and we all want him to be comfortable with Camden Brown. So that's what you use the bye week You get those guys more practice time, more reps work on the chemistry. I want Robbie Ashford to know everything there is to know about Koi Moore and Amari Kelly. I want him to know which shoulder they like their back shoulder throws to. I want him to know their favorite movies. I want him to know (laughs) what they order when they go out to eat, like what their go-to Mexican order is. Sure. I want him to be best friends with them. But I love the fact that you have these young players who are getting the playtime with the guy who's going to be the quarterback so that you can build that chemistry and work on that. Because obviously going into fall camp and in fall camp, you were working with T.J. Finley and the ones, and that's where Shadre Jackson was, and that's where some of the guys who haven't been as effective—they were working with a different quarterback, different timing, and all of that, different angle of the passes coming in. Sure, it was a guy who was seven foot twelve, and so uh, it's a different kind of thing when you're dealing with with somebody else like Robbie Ashford. So,
1: yeah, looking at the receiving yards this season, Javarius Johnson leading the way with 335, Coymore Moore second with 215. Jarquez Hunter, third on the team in reception yards, one eighty-five. John T. Shanker right behind him at one eighty-four. Then it's Shedrick Jackson at one forty-one, and after that, everybody's below one hundred. But to me, that's just it, it stinks. But when they get the ball, Lindsay, their averages are very good. I mean, Javaris Johnson's over seventeen. Coy Moore's over seventeen. Even these guys that have one catch, Landon King's got one for twenty-four. Um, it seems like he's done for the year. Jay Fairs one catch against Ole was for 23 yards. They're getting the ball to guys where they can execute and create space and get downfield. It's just they got to find a way to get more consistent with it. And yes, the offensive line stinks, but good offensive coaches can figure out ways around this. And so we'll see what they do. They've had a, white, uh, a week in the middle of the season at this halfway point to figure that out. And we'll see if they do it. But speaking of Amari Kelly, He is one of five freshmen whose redshirt has been burned. They cannot be redshirted this year. I want to jump into the freshman redshirt situation and how Arkansas could impact some of these guys because there are several guys that are close. We'll touch Mm -hmm. on that in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. You've heard me talk about our friends at Sweat Block. Nobody likes sweating. And look, there's several of you out there. I'm a pretty heavy sweater, too. Um, and I know folks sweat way more than me to the point where they're concerned about like ruining dress shirts and, and things like that. Um, sweatblock has a customer review from Pamela talking about how she would hide in the office bathroom and sneak out every 30 minutes to dry her armpits. So no one would see, you know, the, the wet circles under her arms. I think they call those like sweat tacos. I think is what they call them. Uh, but she talked about in her review, like she finally has her life back. Because of Sweat Block. If you or someone you know is embarrassed by how much they sweat. And how much it goes through all of their clothes and things like that. You need to check out our friends at Sweat Block. Sweat Block gives you the confidence to wear what you want. Without embarrassing underarm sweat. The Sweat Block wipes were featured and tested on the Rachel Ray show by firefighters. Gotta love that. If you or someone you love is experiencing this. Head over to Sweatblock. You can save 20% with promo code LOCKEDON at sweatblock.com. Promo code LOCKEDON at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, 0 term mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at kabotaorangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer. Today that's kabotaorangedays.com.
1: Lindsey Crosby. There are five freshmen that have burned their redshirts so far this year. Amari Kelly played in seven games. Just a quick refresher. If you play, you can play in four games. If you play in that fifth game, your red shirt's gone. Right, that, that that's
2: the new updated rule. Even if the play doesn't count, you'll remember, I think it was Asa Martin was in against Arkansas, and he I was in for a that. snap, and there was a penalty. So this, so that play wasn't an official play, but because he was on the field, that counted as his fifth game, and they blew the red shirt. It's ridiculous. Yeah, bad management. Anyway.
1: Yeah, okay, on. so Amari Kelly has, has played in seven games. Camden Brown has played in seven games. Damari Austin played in seven games. J.D. Rim, five games. And Jay Fair, five games. Their red shirts are done. The rest of the freshman class that have played games so far. Mike O'Reilly-Ducker, friend of the show, three. So he's running out of uh, opportunities there. Holden Garner, of course, just the one. Austin Osbury, the defensive back, has played in three. Robert Woodyard, the linebacker, has played in two. And Caleb Wooden has also played in two. It's not registered a stat, but he has played in two games. Lindsey, the freshman in this class that have not seen the field yet. Eston Harris, the offensive lineman, local kid from Auburn High School.
2: Powell Gordon. What's that? Probably will not see the field this season.
1: No, probably not. Powell Gordon, uh, local kid, Auburn High School, uh, the linebacker, probably will not. NC Sledge, the defensive lineman, little surprised. Little surprised we he we he hasn't seen the field at all,
2: but well part we'll of see it what is, happens there. And we've talked about this, Auburn doesn't rotate as much on the defensive line as they no. have in years past. And so I think if you had a typical uh not to bring up old names, if you had a typical like Kevin Steele rotation on your defensive line where you're going yeah. 11 or 12 deep, NC Sludge would have gotten in games. But Auburn's playing eight or nine guys max, you haven't gotten NC Sledge in the game yet.
1: Right. And then the last one.
2: Alex McPherson,
1: the kicker. And unless something happens to Anders again, he's probably not going to see the field. So that's where we're at. How do you feel about the importance of the red shirt for some of these guys like Michael Riley, Ducker, or Austin Osbury? I think those are probably the only two that have a chance of losing their red shirt. What are your thoughts on those two?
2: Michael Riley, Ducker was one that I was going to bring up as a person that if you're, he's played in three games, he played in week one, week two, and then didn't play again until Ole Miss does not have a stat. If you're not going to target him and use him, and you don't think you can make um, your team better and prove your odds of win on Saturday, and you have such a deep room like our tight end room where you've thrown to Shanker, you've thrown the Frob, you've thrown the deal, you have Brandon Frazier and you haven't even used him, mm-hmm. don't play Michael Ducker. Makes no sense. Preserve the red shirt so you ha- he has more of a chance to make an impact when you, the top three guys ahead of him all graduate or move on he has a chance to actually get in games.
1: I'm in the same exact boat with Austin Osbury. I mean, we've talked about really the surprising strength of this defense has been the defensive back play. I I just don't think you need him on the field. And this is a this is a position group where you may not see a ton, you may not see a mass exodus this year, but the following season you're going to. And so like yeah. why why waste a year of eligibility with Austin Osbury? Um, but also it's important to keep him happy because they're recruiting his brother too. So yeah. we'll see how that comes into play. But I just don't see i don't see the benefit of it right now.
2: And speaking of brothers, like Austin Osbury recruiting his brother, uh, Caleb Wooden, I am very excited he got to be on the field at the same time as his brother, Colby. Sure. That's exciting. Yeah. But another guy, you're going to need multiple years out of him because after 2023, you lose a lot of defensive back depth. So Caleb Wooden, I mean, two games, doesn't have any stats, probably should not even a special team should not be on the field the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, now there are some guys. I think I think Robert Woodyard has played in two games. He, he, he doesn't have very many snaps. PFF says he has like seven snaps, and they're all on special teams. The way your linebackers have looked this year, and then Louis, and then Owen Papo leaving, so you know you have at least one starting spot open, you probably need to get Robert Woodyard some snaps on defense. If you want him to to contend for that starting job next year, get him a little bit of experience. I think Western Kentucky is a matchup where you can give him plenty of run, still preserve the red shirt, uh, but give him a chance to record some stats, play actual defense instead of just special teams so that you have a better idea of how desperate are we at linebacker going into next year? Because obviously he was our highest rated signee in the class You've got Eugene Asante you brought in as well. He hasn't made much of an impact or gotten much run. But they might be keys next season to making yeah. this this the, the middle of the defense look better than it has this year. So probably needs to get some play time.
1: My neighbor is walking his dog. Did his business in the front yard of my yard. Just kept walking. That's not okay, right?
2: That is not okay. That is not okay. When we go done with the podcast, owner. go get it and throw it at him.
1: Um. Yeah, he's got to walk back. So maybe I can time it. Hmm. I haven't met them yet. And I'm glad. I'm glad I haven't met them yet. Lindsey, how can people find you? Hear you? Love you. All that stuff, buddy.
2: I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. My show, Locked in MLB Prospects, is available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. You can find all of the writing, football, baseball, everything at auburndaily.com as well as the merch, aushirts.com. Yes, you can find all my written work at
1: auburndaily.com as well. We'll see you tomorrow right here